In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gospel lesson for today is about a wedding, which should make the women interested and the men guarded. Weddings, uh, I've always thought, are kind of exercises in power. It means now that the bride has certain rights and privileges. Somebody can say who gets invited and who doesn't get invited, who sits next to who, who dances with who, when. It's kind of an exercise in power. And I always remind the groom, this ain't about you. The marriage is about you, but the wedding's not about you. It's about the bride's mother and about the bride. Just put your brain in neutral, and here's a couple phrases to remember. I tell the prospective groom, whatever you think, honey, sounds great to me. I like it if you like it. Now, in our lesson for today, it's not all about the bride's mother and about the bride. This was a man's world at Jesus' time. It's about the groom and especially about the groom's father. A wedding story. This is the third in the trilogy of parables of the kingdom of heaven. Two weeks ago we had the two sons who didn't really want to work in the vineyard. And then last week we had the wicked tenants who thought that they could take over the vineyard and didn't want to give their their share of the the fruit. And today we have a third parable uh, about the kingdom of heaven is that it's like a giant wedding feast. So here's the story. A king is giving a wedding feast for his son. And he sends out servants with the invitations. And some of them are not received very well. Flat out refusals. Some in Luke's gospel give excuses. In Matthew's gospel, they don't even bother. They just go no, or they beat up and kill the servants who are bringing the invitations. So then when this is found out, then the uh, father says, well, I'll I'll have to do something about these people who refused. And the background of this is that a king would have been a ruler over a a loose confederation of city-states. And to refuse an invitation from the king is tantamount to rebellion against the king. It is um, saying, "I, I don't owe allegiance to you. I do not recognize your authority in my life. And you can tell that because when they kill some of the servants, you can tell it's open rebellion. And so the king has to first crush that rebellion, which he does. And then he tells the servants, now go out and invite everybody you meet from the highways and byways, both good and bad, that the kingdom hall may be filled to honor my son. So they go out and do that. Kind of an interesting thing. Um, Is it because people can't attend the wedding? No, they can. They just choose not to. So it could be either open rebellion or a softer way of looking at this would be that they're just preoccupied with their own stuff. And they think that their stuff is more important than the king's stuff. And they would have to sacrifice something if they were to go to the the king's uh, gig. And so they don't want to do that. They don't want to sacrifice. To sacrifice means I give up something that I value for something that has even greater value or worth. But what they appear to want to do is to have something of greater value and worth but not give up anything. They don't want to do that. They don't want to sacrifice anything. So this is a story that has to do with not just, um, you know, what's fun, but 
do we have allegiance to God? It's not just that this wedding feast means I'm going to get good food and I'm going to have a good time. It also means that I am acknowledging that God has authority over me, or another way of saying that is my relationship to God is the most important relationship that I have. So when we get all done with this uh, section, then there's this part about the guy trying to sneak in to the wedding hall without a wedding garment. Well, now this isn't just because he's too poor to afford a garment, because the king always provided all the garments for all the guests. Nope, he's just a guy who doesn't want to change. He wants to come in and get the goodies of the feast, but he doesn't want to make any changes in himself and uh, go along with what the king wants. And at the end, so he's thrown out. At the end, we are given this kind of cryptic message. Many are called, but few are chosen. As with all of Jesus' parables, when we get done, we say to ourselves, what does this mean for me? And we first of all know that one thing it means is that we have been given a gracious invitation by God to be part of the kingdom. And we may accept that or we may not. The second thing is, it's not just going to be something that's good food and good fun. If we accept the invitation to the kingdom, it also means we acknowledge the authority of God in our lives. And we say that his stuff is more important than my stuff. We say that we have allegiance to God and we will do his will and his ways. We say that. Now, we have to ask ourselves the question, am I in open rebellion to that? Do I say, well, I felt the, the urgings of God's Spirit to do this or that, and I just went, no, I'm not doing it. Am I in open rebellion? Or, or is it just that I think, again, my stuff is more important than God's stuff. I don't want to sacrifice anything. It'd be kind of like if you were saying, I, I want to go on a diet because I want to have health and I want to look better, but I don't want to give anything up. So, you know, if God wants me to give up oh, liver and lima beans, I'd be okay with that. But if he wants me to give up German chocolate cake and potato chips, roast beef, and Dr. Pepper, I don't think so. It would be like lifestyle changes to say, well, you know, I'd be willing to give up skydiving. Uh, but if you're talking about giving up NFL football, no, I don't think so. Is our stuff more important than God's stuff? When we get to the end of the, the story, what we recognize is that if we come to the wedding feast, we have to put on the wedding garment, which means to do God's will in his ways. Otherwise, we'll get thrown out like the guy who wouldn't wear the garment. We have to realize that God is the most important thing in our life, and we must follow him. I read a quote uh, about this um, <laughs> that I like. It's kind of involved, but it's, it, it's interesting fellow by the name of Long, he said, quote, to come into the church in response to the gracious yet unmerited invitation of Christ and then not conform our lives to that mercy is to display a spiritual narcissism so profound that we will not be able to distinguish the wedding feast of the Lamb of God from a drunken bar <laughs> in a bus station. <laughs> I, I like that. But what it says is, 
if we're so concerned about ourselves and getting the goodies, then we're just treating God like a giant vending machine. Uh, you know, put in my quarters, say my prayers, boom, boom, get the goodies. But when it comes to, you know, response and allegiance and, and God's authority, well, no, not so much. So the other thing about this story is that it, is, it says that it's very important that the wedding hall be full. And if it is true that the Christian church is a foretaste of the feast to come, then this would, seems to me, be part of the wedding hall. How important is it to you and to me that the wedding hall is full? Are we willing to do anything to make it full? Are we willing to keep sending out the invitations? Are we willing to keep inviting people that it is full? That's part of our allegiance to God. We respond to God's gracious invitation and we invite others in response to the love we've been shown. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.